Have you ever had to go through intense training? Maybe it was training for the military. You're, you're a veteran, which if so, thank you so much. Uh, maybe you had to go through some intense training for your work. Today we see Jesus put his disciples through some training, and we're going to see those training exercises in Luke chapter 9. You're listening to Between the Lines. I'm Scott. I'm Junior. And I'll get started with verse 1 of Luke chapter 9. So let's get into this. One day, Jesus called together his 12 disciples and gave them power and authority to cast out all demons and to heal all diseases. Then he sent them out to tell everyone about the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Take nothing for your journey, he instructed them. Don't take a walking stick, a traveler's bag, food, money, or even a change of clothes. Wherever you go, stay in the same house until you leave town. And if a town refuses to welcome you, shake its dust from your feet as you leave to show that you have abandoned those people to their fate. Now, this is not what all people who are representing Jesus are supposed to do. This was no. specifically how he was training those 12 disciples, knowing they were going to be entering into a time of persecution shortly after he was gone yep. and were sent, being sent out on a special mission. Yeah. So that what they, I mean, that's what he tells them in verse three is like, I want you to live on the bare minimum mm -hmm. so that you're completely dependent on your travels at all moments so that you can learn that you can be dependent on God and he will take care of you. And he also taught them kind of an interdependence with some other people as well yeah. by staying with the same people, building relationships. Yeah. And that's kind of like what it is for basic training. Mm -hmm. You know, people, you know, the military goes out and camps out. You got to live off the land or live on nothing to, to survive. It's kind of what Jesus is doing here yeah. in a sense. That's good. Verse six. So they began their circuit of the villages, preaching the good news, which that word good news is gospel. We have the word gospel, preaching the gospel and healing the sick. When Herod Antipas, the ruler of Galilee, heard about everything Jesus was doing, he was puzzled. Some were saying that John the Baptist had been raised from the dead. Others thought Jesus was Elijah or one of the other prophets risen from the dead. I beheaded John, Herod said. So who is this man about whom I hear such stories? And he kept trying to see him. And when the apostles returned, they told Jesus everything that had been done, that they had done. Then he slipped quietly away with them toward the town of Bethsaida. But the crowds found out where he was going, and they followed him. He welcomed them and taught them about the kingdom of God, and he healed those who were sick. What I find interesting here is that he was trying to slip away with his disciples, but yet, and and I get why because he wanted to. He was they were debriefing. They were going to debrief over what the this, you know what they had learned in the what they had been sent out on. But the crowds found Jesus. And he ministered to them. And you he can't blame the crowds. If you and I were in the crowd, yeah. we'd be following around. <laughs> Absolutely. In verse 12, late in the afternoon, the 12 disciples came to him and said, send the crowds away to a nearby villages and farms so that they can find food and lodging for the night. There's nothing to eat here in this remote place. But Jesus said, their training wasn't done, right? right. You feed them. <laughs> oh boy. But we only have five loaves and two fish, they answered. Well, are you expecting us to go and buy enough food for this whole crowd? for there were about 5,000 men there. And Jesus replied, tell them to sit down in groups of about 50 each. You know what I love about this? Verse 13, Jesus says, you feed them. Mm -hmm. So Jesus will identify a problem and then he puts it on us <laughs> to help to help solve it. Yeah, He could have just done it, but yet he wanted them to participate and wanted them to own the problem. Yeah. Same because they us. were coming panicking almost like, oh, we yeah. got to get these rid of these people. So yeah. oh, you take care of it. Yeah. And same with us sometimes. I think there are some times where I can find myself praying to God about something, and I think God might say the same thing to me. He's like, yeah. take care of the problem then, Junior. <laughs> Why don't you go ahead and pick up from verse 15 then? 
So, so the people all sat down. Jesus took the five loaves and two fish, looked up toward heaven and blessed them. Then breaking the loaves into pieces, he kept giving the bread and fish to the disciples so they could contribute it to the pe- or distribute it to the people. They all ate as much as they wanted, and afterward the disciples picked up 12 baskets of leftovers. Which, <laughs> to me, that, that's some of the funniest part of this is that, well, first of all, 12 baskets, that's one for each disciple. They fill up their baskets. But yeah. um, there was, it started with so little, yeah. and there wasn't even enough to put in one basket, and yeah. yet afterwards there's... I, I just can imagine the response to these disciples. Like, you know, how did I get a whole basket full of leftovers? And then they come all together. And it's like every one of the disciples have a basket full. And I think we've pointed this out too on this podcast, but you do see this idea of God does something, but he uses the little that we mm-hmm. can that, yeah. that we can contribute. That's what God wants to mm-hmm. use. Whether you have a lot or a little, God wants to use that for furthering his work. One day, Jesus, this is verse 18, Jesus left the crowds to pray alone. Only his disciples were with him. He asked them, who do people say that I am? Well, they replied. Some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, and others say you are one of the other ancient prophets risen from the dead. Then he asked them, but who do you say that I am? Peter replied, you are the Messiah sent from God. Jesus warned his disciples not to tell anyone who he was. The son of man must suffer many terrible things, he said. He'll be rejected by the elders, the leading priests, the teachers of the religious law. He will be killed. But on the third day, he'll be raised from the dead. Then he said to the crowd, or do we stop here? No, we go to 27. And he said to the crowd, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, which is repentance. Take up your cross daily and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. Those, Those verse or that verse right there, which is also found in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 6, it was... It was such a standout statement to me that the more I tried to make the most out of my own life for myself, the more that I just lose whatever time that I'm spending. The only way to keep it for eternity is to give it away to God, to let him control it. It's like I love the line that David Crowder wrote on one of his old albums, letting go gives a better grip, Mm. which is exactly what Jesus is getting at here. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but you yourself are lost and destroyed. If anyone is ashamed of me and my message, the Son of Man will be ashamed of that person when he returns in his glory and the glory of the Father and the holy angels. I tell you the truth, some standing here right now will not die before they Mm. see the kingdom of God. Mm. Yeah, that's good. Well, let's get over to, uh, we're going to be over in... uh, Proverbs chapter yep. 16. And, and verse 6, I think, is the verse yep. we're going to pick out again. Lots uh, lots of good stuff in this whole chapter. But verse 6, unfailing love and faithfulness covers sin. So unfailing love and faithfulness. And, I, we, and it, it goes on, it says, evil is avoided by the fear of the Lord, which you know, the, fear of the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. There's so much about the fear of the Lord in here, which is having that healthy respect for God and wanting to do things his way and knowing his way is always right. But this unfailing love and faithfulness cover sin because the the fact of the matter is people are going to sin against us. People are going to do evil to us. And we're going to be surrounded by lots of junk and bad stuff. The only way to overcome any of that is what Paul had said in Romans when he said, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. The only way to overcome all of that is still practicing this unfailing love 
and absolute faithfulness. Faithfulness to God, faithfulness to the people that God's given to us. And that we have control over. We don't have control over what people do to us, but we have control over whether or not we're going to love as Jesus taught us to love and to be faithful to the people that God's placed in our lives. Yeah. What does unfailing love look like today for you? What does it look like for your relationships? What does it look like for your office? What does it look like for your kids? What does unfailing love look like today? Go do it. Have a great day and make the most of it. 